0: This is the Dab Podcast. Hosted by Andrew Romanella and Anthony Rinaldi.
1: It's showtime.
0: Hello, hello, and welcome into the Dab Podcast episode. 55, I am your host, Andrew roman with me, not next to me today, but on the phone,
1: my partner,
0: Mr. Anthony
1: Rinaldi. Andrew, you're interrupting my shoveling, brother. What is going this on?
0: Is this weather's killing us. Can't be together on a, on a beautiful, nice evening. We have to be on the phone on a terrible snowy evening.
1: Mother, Mother Nature, not cooperating with the dad Podcast.
0: As long as they cooperate with baseball season, I'll be there happy. you go. Listen,
1: get us on the social media.
0: It's Twitter. It's Instagram. It's Facebook. Social media. but at Dab Podcast on all of them. Hit us on the website, dabpodcast.com. Shoot us an email, gmail.com. And, of course, you can get it on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Podbean, the list goes on, Anthony. It's about time they know that when they're done listening, they got to rate, they got to review the podcast.
1: Five stars, four stars, folks. We'll get them all. Let us know what you think. We need your feedback. We need to grow this dab organization to its max capacity. I need to hire an intern. I mean, let's go, folks. Let's let's get the chatter rolling. Andrew, I'm totally pumped, dude. It's it's pitchers a catcher season, and I think we should start with. Football, what's
0: wrong with you?
1: What's wrong with me? What is the Super Bowl over? Like, what are we like? Can't we move on from football? I, I mean, you want to talk AAF, Andrew? Like, what's the deal?
0: I was just about to say that with the installment of the AAF, I feel like it only makes sense that as we're rolling into the springtime, we start talking a little bit about football. It seems like that's exactly what the AAF probably wanted from us.
1: I mean, the, 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 the whole product of the, of the of football is just like you said, you said it last episode that it's become America's pastime. Like, typically, once the once Super Bowl's over, it's quiet until April, until the combine. But, I mean, there's so much chatter. Free agents getting signed. This dude wants out of this place. I mean, it's a, it's a crapshoot right now, Andrew.
0: Kyler Murray's probably the, been the biggest story in football so far, and it's kind of crazy because he comes out, and if you haven't heard it yet, Kyler Murray declares that he wants to commit the rest of his life to trying to become an NFL QB. His exact quote was, I am firmly and fully committing my life to being an NFL QB. Kyler Murray is now no longer talked about what if, and it's talked about
1: where to next year once he gets drafted. Everyone's going to, everybody cannot wait. For, and I know Alfred Hitchcock can't wait for the underwear Olympics. I mean, guys are going to be drooling. I mean, I can't wait to see it personally because my team needs a quarterback. Frankly, I don't think I want a five foot eight and a half, five foot nine quarterback, Andrew. Uh, I think my guy plays his football at Ohio State. That's the quarterback that I think the Giants need to draft. But Kyler Murray, I mean, this, this totally throws a wrench in that top, that top of that order draft pick.
0: Right now, and I don't really believe in these mock drafts, but a lot of them got the Miami Dolphins taking Kyler Murray. And I think the biggest question is the concern you just made right there. And it's talking about his size. But I feel like now more than ever, Anthony, it's an NFL that could produce a product like Kyler Murray, and Kyler Murray could be successful. And maybe it's recency bias because of Baker Mayfield and Baker Mayfield's stature, but I think that the athletic-style QB, like what Kyler Murray would be playing, could be a difference maker in the NFL now. And I don't know if it's as big of a deal because I guess it's durability, but he's got a good build
1: for the size he's at. And and I forgot who said it. You know, when you hear this, the Portsmouth radio, they always talk about size, size. He's too small. But he's been hearing that his whole life. And yet, here he is, you know, one-year starter in Oklahoma. He's the Heisman Trophy winner. And, I mean, to me, I think the combine is going to totally tell you everything you need to know. A, his size, his true size will come out. His his height, his weight, all that stuff. But you're going to see him light it up. Because you saw him light up Oklahoma. Sure, it was a... You know, a, pro, uh, a, a, a widespread offense where everybody turns their head and looks at the cue card, and that's your play. So That's tough to translate to the NFL. You know, you saw a little spark. Maybe that changes now because you saw that with Baker Mayfield, what he was able to accomplish with a team that had two wins in two years. You saw when he came in, he put up seven wins for the Cleveland Browns. So I think Kyler Murray is really going to put a lot of pressure on these top teams who need quarterbacks that he's probably going to go I think in the top six, Andrew. Really? I think he might do. I think I mean, listen, Cliff Kingsbury, I want to say before, obviously before he got hired, I think he was still at Texas Tech when he was talking about uh, Kyler Murray and him coming up through Oklahoma. He said that if he was ever in the lead of an organization making a pick, he would take Kyler Murray first overall. And lo and behold, I mean, he doesn't make decisions in Arizona, but he is the, the, the head play caller in Arizona as a head coach. So, and that's the sticky situation because they drafted Josh Rosen last year. So they got, I mean, does, does Kingsbury try to, Wiggle his way and say, you know, get me this quarterback. I guarantee we'll do better. Or do they stick with Rosen? But he did come out.
0: He did come out and say that he, he, he they were sticking with Josh. Yeah, yeah. Listen, you have to say to say true, true. But I mean, what would, what would be the point of, and I know it's a different regime, but what would be the point of spending a 10th overall pick on a guy? And then 10 months later, just completely go against that.
1: Right, listen, it, it's NFL organizations have done crazier stuff let me tell you but i mean maybe they flipped that they flipped josh rosen to the giants for the sixth pick or for odell beckham jr <laughs> you get odell beckham jr to draft kyler murray and you got david johnson and larry fitzgerald now you're talking arizona but listen i i, I hope you I'm i wasn't a fan of josh rosen you know i didn't watch many of his games but uh he was you know middle of the road for his his, his rookie season so uh again I think my guy's Dwayne Haskins. I hope the Giants pick him, go up to the, either the two or three spot to get him. But uh, listen, Colin Murray is going to be a if he has a combine that everyone's talking, he's going to have because he he is that kind of player. He has that innate ability to scramble. He's quick. He may show four three speed, which is kind of unheard of for a quarterback. Uh, he's got a he's got a real good arm. You saw that, you know, slinging what forty seven some touchdowns in Oklahoma. I mean, the dude's a package. And he's, a, he's a good kid. He's got a good, good head on his shoulders. Whenever you're a two-sport athlete, you get drafted top 10 in baseball and potentially top 10 in football. I mean, you're doing something right, Andrew.
0: He threw for 4,300 yards at Oklahoma, ran for 1,000 yards at Oklahoma, and amassed 54 total touchdowns combined between throwing and running. Now you go down the list and you try and figure out, okay, everybody in the NFL is quarterback first, and they are – Felt like a lot of teams this year that you could look at and say, Wow, they need an upgrade at the quarterback position. I wrote down a bunch of them. Here's my list. Let's go through it Miami Dolphins, Cincinnati Bengals, Jacksonville Jaguars, Tennessee Titans, possibly, Denver Broncos, definitely, the Oakland Raiders, potentially, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, potentially, the New York Football Giants, and the Washington Redskins.
1: That sounds like half the league. What was it like 12 teams?
0: <laughs> so and you look at it and you say to yourself okay the Raiders have the fourth pick the Bucks have the fifth pick the Jags have the seventh pick even the Lions came out and said yesterday that they were thinking about they would think about a quarterback at the eight pick if they felt like it was the right decision to make the Broncos have the 10th pick the Bengals have the 11th pick the Dolphins have the 13th pick the Redskins have the 15th pick all of those teams the Giants have the sixth pick excuse me I forgot to mention them all those teams I just mentioned are in the top tip 15 of the draft. You're going to look at this situation, Anthony. There should be and probably will be. If Arizona decides not to go, if they don't want, if they don't, if they stick with Josh Rosen, they don't want to go away from him. There's going to be a lot of teams looking to trade for that number one overall pick, whether it's Dwayne Haskins or it's Kyler Murray.
1: Right. And I think if, if, if Kingsbury sticks to his word and says Josh is our guy, they're obviously, then they go, they stay, I think they stay at one and just draft Nick Bosa. You know, they get, you get your, your DN rusher, and you go from there. So it's really whoever's in the two hole. Is that the Raiders? The 49ers are in the two hole. Right, so listen, the,
0: Giants,
1: the Jets are in the three hole. Then the, 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 the Raiders, right? Yes, so, sir. So the Giants have to probably jump to the two or three. The, you know, listen, the Jets lost all that draft capital with the jump for Donald. So let's, you know, repay the favor. We'll give you our second round picks, whatever we got to do. We'll swap picks. But I highly doubt the Jets would let the Giants just grab their free franchise quarterback, Andrew. I don't think any organization is that silly. The Niners won't need a quarterback. They're going to rest with uh, porn star Jimmy. Uh, listen, it's got to be three. It's got to be two. The Giants got going to make that move. I don't think I, – I can't see Arizona jumping because the GM drafted Josh Rosen. That was his guy. So I, I can't think that the GM was also going to have a change of heart, like you said, in 10 months after seeing him have a mediocre year. The, obviously, there wasn't too many playmakers in Arizona to help him besides La- old man Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, so you saw he kind of struggled, but again – you know, his I think it's too early to, to give up on that Josh Rosen project.
0: I think if you're Tampa Bay and you're in that five hole, you're the most aggressive because you have the best one of the best trade assets for the Cardinals. And you also have a year in which you, you pick up the option for Jameis Winston. So you probably don't need a Kyler Murray or a Dwayne Haskins starting in their first year. And then you can kind of give that – and not that you want somebody learning behind a Jameis Winston in Tampa Bay. I'm not saying that that's the ideal situation, but as we've kind of learned, it, it's not really often that the QBs coming in from college and, and having that direct success now. Baker Mayfield changes that thought process, especially when you talk about Kyler Murray, because they're coming from the same system. But I think that's the minority, not the majority, there or the exception to the rule, so to speak. And if I'm Tampa Bay, or better yet, if I'm Jacksonville at seven, how do I not be so aggressive when I already have the semblance of a defense that can get me to the playoffs? And listen,
1: it, dra- like, draft day is going to be crazy. rules be, I think. I, everyone's going to be fighting for, like, like, like I said, that, that two, three, and four pick. I think the Raiders, the Raiders. I don't think they're gonna jump off Derek Carr. I know Gruden's kind of been wishy washy. Kind of, you know, one day he's Derek Carr's my guy. The next day he's listen. You, know, you always got to try to draft the best available player. So who knows? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, <laughs> it's the it's the media roller coaster. Uh, you see it all the time in the NFL. I mean, we could talk about anything anything you want, news wise, NFL wise. I mean, do you believe Kareem Hunt got a job, Andrew? Well,
0: real quick, real quick, though, before 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 we get off the draft, um, the one thing that I think is interesting is you're talking about the Giants making a trade. When is the last time the Giants made a trade on draft day? Uh, Two
1: thousand four, Eli Manning. That was uh, Sir Eli?
0: I think that could be. I think I think that could be the. I think that could be the move right there. But more so than anything else. The one thing I wanted to ask you before we got off
1: it was Are either of these two guys even worth it? I, listen, I don't know. I had a great tidbit stat for you. I forgot what it was. I didn't tell you that like two weeks ago. Remember, I told you I had a great nugget, Andrew. But I, I yep. just remembered it. And after, I think it was like the last 20 or so top 10 or top number one overall draft picks have won Super Bowl rings. There's, there's two quarterbacks, three total rings. Who is it?
0: Eli Manning. Correct. So, it's number one overall pick quarterback. Number one
1: overall in the last, I think, 20 years.
0: They have won a Super they won. Bowl.
1: It's, they've won. It's it's three total rings. It's two players. Aaron
0: Rodgers and Eli no. Manning.
1: Aaron Rodgers was taken like twenty eighth or something, right? Oh, that's right. Good. Derek Carr's brother, David Carr. <laughs> also, on, the, New- a Super Bowl. on oh. the Giants. <laughs> on the New York football that's Giants. So, it's the New York football Giants. It's the New York football Giants, Andrew. I think you're right. This is a year the Giants make that leap, phantom leap to whatever number two. You know, you give the, the farm to San Fran, whatever picks they want. They're probably going to want Odell. I don't know if they are going to trade Odell because it looks like a B. You know, he wants to be traded, so he may go to San Francisco.
0: Does he really want out of Pittsburgh?
1: I mean, you saw his Instagram, his social media. He was like saying his goodbyes, like they already traded the guy. He's under contract till 2021, and then he's a un- un- unrestricted free agent, Andrew. I mean, what is this knucklehead think he's doing?
0: The problem with this is, and this is the problem the NFL is running into, Anthony, is that the money's not guaranteed the next three years. I think that's why he's able to make this decision right now. Yeah, he
1: got, I think, well, I think a $19 million uh, signing bonus, which was guaranteed. That's not too shabby. Yeah. Listen, he play- yeah, it's not bad. Listen, he, play- he played nine years with the Steelers. They had a great run, obviously. He- he's always been a stud. But this season, I don't know, Andrew. He I would say he's damaged goods, but. He was just popping off. He he doesn't hit his to the locker room thing with a Facebook Live. So He's kind of a little bit of a loose cannon knucklehead. But, I mean, the talent on the field is undeniable. And he'd be an asset to any team.
0: He has not caught a pass, a touchdown pass, in his nine-year career from anyone not named Ben Roethlisberger. So it's going to be interesting to see what type of impact he has when he's not in the Pittsburgh Steelers offense. And, oh, by the way, This kind of has to happen by March 17th, so give it about five weeks because if they trade the Pittsburgh Steelers, that is, Antonio Brown, before March 17th, they only have to account for $21 million of dead money over the next two years on their salary cap. If they wait till after March 17th, it's over $23 million of dead money in their salary cap over the next two years. So there is... Regardless, a significant amount of money tied to Antonio Brown and the Pittsburgh Steelers trading him out of there.
1: Yeah, that see that's that little two point seven five million dollar kicker there that they're going to get you for if if he's on the roster by March seventeenth, they owe him that money, which is kind of a crazy little nugget you stick in your in your in your contract right before you sign it. But I mean, if on the Pittsburgh Steelers, yeah, you want to move them, but you don't, it, 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 I feel like he kind of gave he kind of took away some of the leverage. From the Pittsburgh Steelers. And now he kind of has it because like he, he knows with the roster, with that roster bonus. So he wants to, if he wants to move, they got to do before March. So maybe they'll rush it and the, they won't get back quite what they you know deserve. But I mean, if I'm Pittsburgh, uh, this guy, I know he's kind of a knucklehead. Would he sit out like Le'Veon Bell if, if he doesn't show up? Like if the, if the Steelers don't trade him and just obviously eat that money and just have him on the roster next year? Because like you said, he's on a Pittsburgh roster. So they don't have to trade him theoretically, they'll just be unhappy. Obviously, you don't want to have that kind of mentality in the locker room. That'll be toxic. But I mean, you don't have to trade the dude.
0: And I'm thinking, sitting here thinking about you just mentioned before San Francisco and the possibility of trading for Odell Beckham Jr. If I'm the Arizona Cardinals, I'd call Pittsburgh, I'd call the Giants, and I'm trying to get one of those two troubled wide receivers because Larry Fitzgerald's committed to coming back again next year. So I'm saying to myself, all right, if I think Josh Rosen's the quarterback moving forward, and Larry Fitzgerald's playing one more year. And one of these two troubled wide receivers that is also possibly two of the top three wide receivers in the league are kind of on the trading block. One probably definitely. And the other in Odell Beckham Jr., which I do think that if a team would absorb that contract or whatever is remaining guaranteed on it. And the Giants will be able to get the number one overall pick. That could be a realistic trade for them. But more so than anything else, Arizona having a leader in Larry Fitzgerald to, I don't know if it's wrangle those two in, I don't, whatever you want to say about their personalities, but that would be the best take a flyer on one of those two guys situation, I think, in the league.
1: I, I, I bet you John Lynch had to say, Fred is probably calling Pittsburgh, side. Listen, we'll give you a number two pick. We'll g- give us Antonio Brown. I don't know how the picks will work out. You trade some takes. You get Antonio Brown for the second overall. Maybe Pittsburgh goes quarterback in a total, total curveball. Although they got Mason Rudolph back there, I think, uh, behind Big Ben. Because, you know, Big Ben every year talks about how never retire. He shows up to to, to, to the offseason in a, in, a, in a full body cast. He's limpid. He's got crutches. He's like, yeah, this may be my last year, guys. But the dude always shows up. He always plays. So, I mean, obviously that's a crazy scenario on draft day. But I, I think – you're going to see a lot of teams in that mix for that. Like you, like you bet, you rattled off 10, 12 teams that need quarterbacks. It is going to be a trade frenzy come draft day.
0: It, it really is. And I'm so excited. And I, truthfully, with the mock drafts I'm seeing now, not that I really subscribe to it, but I would love at the end of April if Kyler Murray was a draft pick of the Miami Dolphins. I would love it. I really, I really would. I'm not afraid of the size, Ant. I'm really not. You'd- and and I, I would love it, too, if they made a trade for an Antonio Brown or, or an Odell Beckham Jr. I'm okay with that. It, it, I, I think Brian Flores is a head coach that can handle that, and I think that's what matters most, leadership and your head coach being able to handle those
1: personalities. Yeah, that's a, I mean, listen, that's a tough division to go into because you know you have the New England Patriots there. Jets are on the come up. Listen, Dolphins got to make some moves, Andrew. You don't want to be left in the dust there. You and the Bills. No.
0: You don't. And they already said they're not going to have Brian Tannehill as quarterback next year, so they got to have somebody. That's right. So, you know what? If you can get your hands on Dwayne Haskins or or Kyler Murray and and you truly believe that's the guy, go freaking do it. And if you can make a trade for an impact guy like Antonio Brown, I mean, shit, the the Dolphins were the victim of, of trading Jarvis Landry to the Browns. And you know what? Maybe he wasn't a key weapon for Baker Mayfield. But, Anthony, you're telling me that Jarvis Landry didn't go a long way in helping that offense be better this year just simply because of the coverage that he garnered by each defense every week?
1: All right, listen, that's simple. You add somebody of a talent like Jarvis Landry, he's going to make everybody around him better. Same thing with, like, a... And what you're exactly. No. And that's why you, if, you're, if, you're by, if you're one of these flyer teams, you take a risk on, a, on an Odell or an, or an AB because their ability to stretch the field and, and, and garner the double team, we know, safety over the top, with the, with the quarterback, that, that's going to free up your tight end. That's going to free up the running back in the flat. I mean, it, it's think about Gronkowski in New England. He's typically getting doubled a lot of times, or James White gets doubled in the backfield. That leaves Edelman open. That leaves Burkhead open. That leaves Sony Michelle open. I mean, it, it's, it's simple. I should say it's simple, but you have, to, you have to have the talent. And Miami traded away talent. They need to recruit some talent and they need to draft well, Andrew. Ah.
0: Oh. God, I hope it happens. And I honestly forgot the Patriots won the Super Bowl till so you just mentioned that.
1: <laughs> Again, for like the 648th time.
0: It's, it's absolutely crazy. Before we get off of football, we mentioned it before. I know that you didn't get a, a chance to watch a ridiculous amount of AAF this weekend, but going into next weekend, are you going to tune in a little bit to the AAF? There's been a lot of good reviews in its first week. I
1: look, I, I want to say I'm a diehard, diehard football fan, but – I mean, there's a lot of other sports I'm, I'm trying to get back into. You know, you got basketball, the hardwood, Andrew. You know, it's always a fan favorite of mine. March Madness is around the corner. Got to start studying up on the college squads. I got to see my boy Zion Williamson killing it out of Duke, future Nick. So, I mean, there's a lot of homework I got to do. I'm watching a lot of hockey. I'm trying to get my, my, my what-do-you-got picks better because those are brutal. So, no, I'm not going to tune into the AAF. I'm not going to watch Christian Hackenberg suck.
0: Your boy Alfred Hitchcock's gonna be a little upset with you, cause he's a, a alliance for life. Go Birmingham was the text I received. Wow,
1: today. he is all over the map. That kid, <laughs> he is
0: all over the map. Well, what what also might be all over the map coming up right now is our headlines, Mister Rinaldi.
1: Give it to me. Give me that music, baby. All our- right.
0: These are your headlines sponsored by digmeetnation.com. Remember, head over to digmeetnation.com. Use the promo code DIGTHEDAB and receive 30% off your next purchase. The Dab Podcast is the official podcast of the guy in the tie. That's digmeetnation.com. Promo code DIGTHEDAB. That's digmeetnation.com. Promo code DIGTHEDAB. All right, all right. Mr. Rinaldi. Your headline, number one today, the Grammy Awards happened the other night. Drake won the award for best rap song. He won that with his song, God's Plan. That is not why I'm telling you this. While Drake was making his speech, he was making a rather inspirational speech about how music can have a positive effect on people. And if you're somebody writing music, you need to continue it if you're having a positive effect. While he's making this great speech, he got cut off probably about 15 seconds into his speech. Do you, Mr. Rinaldi, think it's ridiculous that you could win such a prestigious award like the Grammys? We make such a big deal about it. And then these people get, like, 12 seconds to thank who they need to thank for winning the award?
1: Uh, I mean, listen, how <laughs> this, is a fun, this is a funny headline, Andrew. I mean, Drake's God Plan. I mean, listen, I, it's a good song. It is what it is. I'm, I don't There ain't no money in people talking, Andrew. The Grammys are all about the the, the advertisements, the commercials. Everything's on such a strict time limit. Like, they cut off anybody. Drake, you ain't nothing special. Get off the stage. Thank you, mama. Thank God. Thank you, son. And get off the stage. Next, let's go. Keep it moving.
0: Like Ariana Grande said, thank you. Next. Oh, nailed it. (laughs) Headline number two. This is a really cool one out of the state of Georgia. A Baptist church, Alfred Street Baptist Church to be specific, helped pay 34 graduating students from Howard University their remaining balances so that they could receive their diploma and officially graduate from Howard University. The gift, which totaled $100,000 in all, ranged from between one hundred and three thousand dollars and $3,000 worth of tuition fees. Anthony Rinaldi, how awesome is that?
1: That's a great story. People helping people, Andrew. I mean that. There's not enough good stories like that that, that, that get that televised. Unfortunately, everybody wants to focus on the negative stuff. But when you get that kind of, I mean, and you can tell that's a tight knit community down there in Georgia. For that church to raise that kind of money uh, through donations, probably through you know collections during the masses, to give those kids the opportunity to receive that diploma, maybe somebody's maybe the first of their family you know, graduating from Howard, getting that degree. So, I mean, that, that, that's big time for that church. That's, that, that, that is the way to step up in, and really what Make America Great is all about.
0: And it's ridiculous because you know how bad student loans are getting for these kids. So for them to have money that they kept to pay before they even get their diploma and graduate, let alone the loans they might have after school, awesome, awesome stuff from Alfred Street Baptist Church. All right, last headline of the day. Coming out of the NBA, your New York Knickerbockers, Mr. Rinaldi, are making negative news again. The Knicks sent out a ticket renewal promotion that had Sir Kevin Durant as the picture playing in a basketball game against the New York Knicks. They then went on social media and said, generally, pictures from in-game play are used in promotions like this, but due to the circumstances surrounding Kevin Durant, they have decided to take it down. Mr. Rinaldi, what are your knickerbockers doing?
1: What they always do, and that is just fail at life, Andrew. There's, it's, they're, the Cle- they're the Cleveland Browns of basketball. Uh, but I, I can't even say that because Cleveland's on the come-up right, you know, after last year. Uh, I mean, they are just poorly run. Even in their advertising department, they're poorly run. I mean, yeah, sure, they use players all the time. And it's, it's KD and the Warriors u- uniform getting covered by Mitchell Robinson. Probably about to get stuffed. Mitchell about to send it four rows deep, Andrew. Uh, but I mean, listen. If if you want to try to promote the the young movement, I mean, yeah, Mitchell Thomas is a good player, but maybe you put your, you know, your over your ninth overall draft pick, you know, Kevin Knox on the on the, on the on the board, or you put somebody else. You put it. You can't put Kevin Durant. I you know they took it down wisely because of the whole situation. Basically, everyone's saying and their mothers saying that KD is supposed to come to New York, which I don't know that dude can't handle the media out in Golden State, so I don't know if he's gonna be able to handle New York media. But that's a whole different podcast, Andrew. So. I just I – can't, I can't believe it. You know, you say with the Knicks, it's, nothing, nothing shocks me anymore with that dumb organization.
0: Somebody definitely lost their job in the marketing and promotions department. No, 100%. We, however, are not losing our sponsor with DigMeNation.com because that was headlines and that was sponsored by DigMeNation.com. Head over to DigMeNation.com, use the promo code DIG the DIGTHEDEB and receive 30% off your next purchase. We just finished talking about the Knicks, and I don't even want to keep going into their stupid decision-making process or their seventeen-game losing streak, which is the worst in forever. But one conversation that did sur- surround the Knicks a little bit more so the Los Angeles Lakers, though, was Anthony Davis. I know you're not you were you were never a fan of Anthony Davis coming to the Knickerbockers. Apparently, nobody was a fan of trading for Anthony Davis, or nobody really had what the Pelicans wanted in a trade for Anthony Davis. So now, this saga is going to continue into the summertime.
1: And I believe they would have been fine to take 100k a game if they sat Anthony Davis because I know the Pelicans toyed with the idea of not playing for the rest of the year. Just have him on the you know, healthy scratch because they didn't want to let him get hurt because then they'll lose all their trade value. So
0: the, That's so fair. The NBA,
1: put the, yeah, the NBA put the kibosh on that which is, I guess, comical. I'm sure he got... I didn't watch that, that first home game with Anthony Davis back in the lineup. I'm sure the crowd booed him, but I think he dropped like 33 and 10 or something like that in like 25 minutes or something, just to show you that he's still so filthy. Uh, you know, listen, the NBA is, I think Andrew, it's slow, sliding down a slippery slope. All these players acting up, you know, Christoph Porzingis not accomplishing nothing, coming out of nowhere, demanding a trade. You know, that's a whole different, you know, ball game. Anthony Davis saying in a year and a half left on his contract saying, listen, guys, I appreciate this four or five years I've been here, but. I'm not resigning with you, so you might as well trade me. I mean, obviously, we always know the NBA was a player's league, but I think Adam Silver needs to do something, uh, you know, kind of fix the way these teams are, are structured themselves or the way that the cap is structured because, you know, these super teams are gonna are, are slowly going to – there's going to be no parity. It's going to be three to four to five teams only that can win the championship every year, Andrew.
0: And I'm, and I'm all about players being able to dictate what players want to dictate. But I agree with your point that it's like, Chris Sporzingis, what the hell have you earned? That you can come out here and tell the Knickerbockers that you don't want to be playing for their organization anymore. Or Anthony Davis, while you're injured, just because you say you want to be traded and you don't want to play for the Pelicans anymore doesn't mean that we're going to trade you and not and, and give you what you want right away. And I think that's where I think it's kind of unfair that the NBA can come out and tell the Pelicans that they have to play him because, you know what, if you're New Orleans and Anthony Davis comes back healthy and you decide not to trade him, you know what, don't don't sit the rest of the year. You don't want to play for us, you're not going to play for us. And we're going to start you not being a part of this organization right now, but yet we're going to still get the best trade value out of you that we want to get out of you when we want to get it out of you.
1: I can't believe that. I mean, listen, we saw a lot of good moves go on the trade deadline. This was a little more interesting trade deadline than uh, previous years. You know, you saw Tobias Harris make the jump from the Clippers to Philly, and they're kind of putting together a squad that's going to be formidable in the East because I think that – I think the East this year has kind of, I want to say, showed up more than the West because out in the West, I mean, basically it's Golden State and everybody else. I'm going to give your OKC a little nod right now. I like the way they're playing. They got quite a one-two punch with Russell and playoff P. But the East is the top crapshoot, Andrew. I mean, you got Milwaukee, Toronto, Philly, Boston. I mean, the Pacers are actually still in the third place, but, I mean, obviously losing all the depot hurts. But, I mean, the, the East, there's some good moves made in this trade line.
0: Yeah, there were. I mean, it was it was, it was was interesting to see, and I think that it's almost gotten to the point in the NBA now where we care more about the moves that are being made rather than that actually the teams that are playing because it comes down to – who can beat the Golden State Warriors? That's a conversation we're having. So – and no one's sticking with the team. No more – Tim Duncan don't exist anymore. No one's sticking with the team for their entire career. So we're almost more interested in what's going on around the trade deadline and what guys are demanding what and, you know, all that, rather than the games at hand because we almost all – it's a foregone conclusion in all of our minds that the Golden State Warriors are going to be in the championship.
1: Yeah, you, you're not going to beat that team. If they're on the roll that they're, they're currently going on, they're starting start to figure it out, they're actually playing – for themselves and as a team, and you know, you add a Boogie Cousins to that mix, it only makes them that much better. And uh, the West again, Portland's up there. You got Houston; they're kind of lining the weeds if they could ever get healthy. But I think it's, I think it's OKC. I think it's Golden State. I think that's really, that's kind of the the one two teams out of the West. The, really, the only team out of the West I can see compete with Golden State is OKC. Uh, and Andrew, I know that that's got to make you happy, but you know, my 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 early MVP, obviously James Harden, what he's doing is stupid scoring-wise, but my MVP nod right now, it's it's going to play off P, brother.
0: Really? See, I love what he's doing, and I agree that he's in that conversation, but I think Anthony DeCumpo – because I think if you if you remove Anthony DeCupo off that roster, I don't think the Milwaukee Buccaneers are even close to a playoff
1: team. Oh, dude, you're right. I mean, what are they, 40-13 or something, 40-10? Some... I mean, 1
0: in the Eastern <laughs> Conference right now. And I, that, I don't know if that means that they compete with the team at the Western Conference or, or Golden State, as we keep mentioning, is the conversation that we're always having. But I do think that him, Anthony, as a guy that, you know, when you literally talk about most valuable player – he he, legit is that right now, over a a Paul George, not that much over a James Harden, but a little bit more so than anything else.
1: He's up there with the breadth of uh, you know he's not he's not LeBron James yet, but I mean if, if this dude ever develops a jump shot, he easily becomes probably the best player in the league because he's unguardable. And you're right, 100. percent You take him off the Bucks, they are going to struggle uh, to the nth degree because he adds such a dynamic to that team that's that you know hasn't been you know tough to replicate, hard to duplicate, whatever that saying is. So I listen, playoff P right now, I mean he's on fire right now. I don't want to say he's carrying your thunder because obviously that, that team goes as, as as Russell Westbrook's motor goes, which obviously you know is endless. And it was I, I thought they would have made a move or two. I guess maybe they're they're, they're kind of cap strung, but I thought OKC OK C should have made a move or two, should have got another shooter, you know, trying to help them out. But yes it is what it is. West Matthews went to Indiana. That's an interesting squad, but they don't have the horses to compete in the East. Uh, Boston, they're kind of all over the all over the place. You know, they're up and down. They're the fifth seed right now, but you saw Barkeef Morris. He kind of went off and said, you know, he's not having fun right now. I mean, they're kind of I think like a six and four, you know, kind of lower, seven and three in the last ten games. So they're not playing that bad of basketball, but yet of uh, recently, you can tell they're kind of struggling. And Philly's on the rise. So, I mean, it's going to come down – basketball is going to come down to some interesting moves. And, Andrew, I got to love the fact that my Knicks are 10-41, I think we are, which is absolutely brutal.
0: That's exactly what you want because you're, you're sucking for Zion. Is that the statement? See, suck, is that what we're see, saying? Suck,
1: tank for Zion. But, listen, you, if you have the worst record, you're almost guaranteed 50% to get the fifth pick. And that's totally the Knicks' luck. We're going to get the fifth pick. We're not going to get KD. We're going to get, like, Kemba Walker got a bag of balls. It's going to be brutal. Knicks basketball is going to no, suck.
0: Stop. If you get Kemba, like, listen, right now, if you get Kemba and not Zion Williamson, but maybe one of the other top three guys coming at it, insert, insert player here, probably insert Dookie here, right? You're not okay with that?
1: I need superstars. This is New York, Andrew. What kind of – you're, you're a Mets fan, so you're used to a little brother mentality. I got to have – can- i got to have the big-name guys here, brother. I need KD. I, I need Bum, Bum D. Kyrie to come with him, and we need to get Zion. That's the only way that the Knicks fan is going to be happy, and that the only way that the Kristaps deal is ever going to work in the Knicks' favor is if they land the two superstars and get the number one or number two draft pick and turn it into something, Andrew. That's the only way it's going to work.
0: You're asking for problems wanting Kyrie to come with those I, injuries. I, I, would
1: much rather, I would much rather prefer Damian Lillard if we can work on a trade with Portland if he wants out. I would take Kemba and KD, but apparently uh, it's it's heard through the circles that KD and Kyrie want to play together somewhere, or KD maybe AD. If the Knicks get the overall first overall, like you mentioned before a few podcasts ago, maybe the Knicks trade you know the you know that number one pick becomes interesting to the Pelicans for sure. And if I'm the Knicks, Anthony Davis, that's that's a pretty enticing offer right there. Yeah, but
0: does he really want to go to New York? See, that's the thing. Apparently, like do. I- Flyer on Anthony Davis. Well,
1: first of all, you got to make sure he's going to sign long term because that's the first overall pick. And he, he's that's one of the teams on a short list. I think there was four teams uh, Lakers, obviously, the Knicks. And, and I think two others. I couldn't tell you who else. Because I, I also, oh, was well, one Clippers of them. You're probably right. Which that team, Andrew, you, you mentioned it pre cast. I mean, those dudes could be making a huge play for KD by getting rid of Tobias Listen, Harris. What?
0: Yeah. That's the deal breaker. They made, got rid of Tobias Harris. They got a, a real young, a rising star, or at least highly talented star that they feel. And they have four draft picks that they could trade in next year's draft. And that, that, that's huge.
1: And a crazy owner worth a good billion dollars.
0: And Doc Rivers, which I think, if you're talking about LA, and you're talking about uh, uh, watch. I'm telling you, you hear you hear, heard it here first. At the end of next summer, Kawhi Leonard and Anthony Davis are going to be Clippers.
1: I was going to say, is it AD and Kawhi or KD and Kawhi? Which two? Which I mean, two are I, going to Clip City?
0: I don't think I just I don't see Kevin Durant playing in Los Angeles. I don't know why. I just I also don't see him playing in New York. To be quite frankly, could be quite honest with you, I really don't see that either. But I just don't I don't see him in a Laker uniform. At all, I don't see him in a Nick uniform at all, and, and it's even hard for me to see him in a Clippers uniform. I don't know why. I just and I could be completely wrong here, but that's just the way I feel. I I could really see Kevin Durant staying staying in Golden State.
1: They can offer him I think the most money, right? Because you know they have his bird rights, whatever it's called. Or... Sure. And I mean, listen, the Nick fan, I think he hears it in his ear. Everyone says that if you want to, if you want to make that jump, like if you think you're the best NBA player in the league, if if you ever want to accomplish anything. Because I feel like once he made that jump to the Golden State, everybody kind of thought he kind of he kind of pushed out. You know, he, he he had him down three to one, but they couldn't close. So then he goes and joins the enemy. So he kind of got that bad rap, and everybody in his ear saying the only way to get rid of that bad stink is to go to New York, go to go to a franchise that's that's desolate, that's been dead for years. And if if you bring him the glory, I mean, he'll 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 walk, he'll he'll be a god amongst men if he brought the Knicks to a championship. I mean, they build statues on. On thirty third and seventh Africa guy.
0: And I understand that, but it was it not enough in OKC. Then did, did he have to, like LeBron James, go and learn, quote unquote, how to win a championship before he could go back to another
1: organization that's never won and win one there? Is it did that happen? Yeah, I mean, listen, he could. That that could very well be exactly what happens. He could go back to OKC. I doubt it. I think he burned that bridge. But I mean, listen, if, if he wants to win. He went to Gold State. He learned how to win because he's won, what, two already? He's probably going to win a third? Yeah. So
0: MVP twice.
1: Put it? Come to New York, KD. What's up?
0: Yeah, What's well, up? They, well you know what? And And right now, New York is compiling, again, kind of like old school New York that built its history on being like a sports capital of the world. In all sports, building – that repertoire of high-profile high, high, high profile athletes, you think about an Aaron Judge and a Giancarlo Stanton, right? You think about a Jacob deGrom in baseball who just came out and made comments. You talk about a KD coming to play for the Knicks. You think about a Henrik Lundqvist who's one of the most well-known goaltenders in hockey, right? And, and you just lost a John Tavares and the Islanders because that's the Islanders. Right, you think about how people are saying, "Oh, maybe people, someone wants to come to Brooklyn cuz so they get the New York City feel, but they're slightly, you know, they don't get as much media attention because they're in Brooklyn." All of a sudden, when you look around the New York area sports, Sam Darnold, the New York Jets, Jamal Adams, what the superstars—it seems to start coming back, and I think that's what the New York metropolitan area sports history was founded on, but we had lost that. In the last ten to fifteen years, unless you were named the New York Yankees,
1: uh, New York sports is in the basement for for many many of the sports. Obviously, the Yankees got uh, all the championships back in their history, but last one was in for two thousand nine. You know, the Giants was two thousand eleven. Uh, my Knickerbockers was seventy two, seventy three. Your Mets were what eighty six, Andrew. Your Dolphins seventy two. So like,
0: New York, yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. You know I'm just
1: saying, you're you're striving you're striving for championships, Andrew. That's that's the bottom line, and, and unfortunately, as a diehard sports fan that you are, it's it's kind of driving you crazy when you watch your, your typical Mets do a, a typical Mets move and do something stupid like probably re-sign Jacob Degrom to a, or extend him to a, a longer extension, even though you don't need to because you still have two years of, of of him under control. But that's just something the Mets are going to do because that's that's what you're bored into as a Met fan, and as a Knicks fan, this is this is I mean this is the most poorly run organization. I can't I can't fathom them making any of the right decisions and I know it's going to be a shit show in July. We're not going to get nobody. We're going to get the fifth overall pick, and I'm going to be miserable. I'm talking about
0: superstars coming to New York, though. I'm talking about how for a long time there haven't been superstars in New York. I know we want to win. I know I want the Mets to win. I know you want the Knicks to win. I'm talking about superstars in New York. There haven't been them. Now we're getting back to that. That's why New York sports have been so down. I feel like it's about time people want to come be superstars in New York for so long, for the last 10 to 15 years. It's like as social media grew and as media coverage grew, the want to be in a metropolitan sport in New York City in a big market area dropped, and that's what New York sports needs to get back.
1: 100%. A, the media, you know, all the social media, everybody, all the exposure. You don't need to be in a big city to make the big uh, contract deals with Nike, get your sponsorships so you can make your money. Outside of New York, look, be, look, like, like, look like a Russ Westbrook in OKC. There ain't nothing out in Oklahoma, but yet he's on billboards. He's doing commercials. You know, it, it's, it's, it's just simple. Back in the day, the 80s, the 70s, you came to New York. You came to L.A. You went to Chicago. You went to the powerhouse cities because that's where the money was. But now it, the money is globally. It's all over the place. So you don't have to go. And these players want to team up. And frankly, and you see the brutally run organizations in New York. Uh, listen, I think you're right. The, the Stars will come back. I'm, I'm hoping it comes, It starts in July. I think the opportunity is there. If, like I said, if, if you want to be hailed as, as, as the king of New York at, at the Mecca, I don't know why I so call that because everyone's shit there. But Exactly. <laughs> that, that, the, the Stars, you're right. They, they need to come back. We have to figure it out. I think the Giants are on their way, drafting the Saquon. The, the Giants – I'm sorry. The Yankees got Judge. Your Mets got the Grominator. Uh, it, it's there. New York is on the – I hope on the come because I'm tired of seeing 15-year-olds in Boston hold up signs saying they've seen 12 parades and they're 15 years of life.
0: So, so do you think that DeGrom signs an extension with the Mets because he puts a deadline on opening day saying that he wants no contract extension talk after that? But you got to believe that he's going to be pretty disrespected if it's his former agent who came out when he was his agent and said that the Mets should extend DeGrom doesn't take the opportunity to extend DeGrom.
1: Yeah, that is such a funny uh, – you kind of knew that was going to be- happen. Come back to bite Brody when he became the GM because now he's put on a different hat. Now he's the one slinging the money around. So now he's like, yeah, do I really want to pay a pitcher that's going to be 32 years? You know, he's 30 now, right? I think Andrew. Yep. So they're will have him for two more years, and he obviously I think he's making like 18 or 19 million this year, next year, whatever it was. So he's making good money. Obviously, he had a great year last year, and he's been a great pitcher for the Mets. If if I'm the Mets, you got to stand pat. You just you let it ride out, and in two years, you, you see where you are then. And hopefully his arm is still intact because you don't want to wish injury on anybody. And then maybe you re-sign him. But at 32, that's hard to really put a a, a large price tag on a pitcher who's 32, especially with all his innings. So the Mets kind of put themselves in a weird spot, hiring Brody. But it is what it is because that's his guy. So I don't think the Mets extend him. I think they just ride it out the next two years. But again, like I told you earlier, I can see the Mets doing a Metsian thing and extending him a few more years.
0: I would, ex- I would extend him. Um I mean, it's not just my Mets fanhood. It, it, I would extend him right now. I mean, I don't think you need to give him a six year extension that brings him to the age 37, 38 years old. I think you give him a good three four year extension and that's going to bring him, you know, to about 35, 36 years old. He's 31 right now. Um, and then I think, I, I think, and he's signed through only next year. I don't know if he signed for two more years.
1: Uh, I thought everyone I heard today that they said he was under control for for this year or next season.
0: Well, then I think it's the perfect time. I mean, you, you, you eliminate one of those years and next year. So, you know, you, you sign him through maybe the 2022, 2023 season. Um, I, don't, I don't think it's going to be an insane amount of money. I mean, I know he wants higher-level oh. pitching um, money, but I think – yeah, You correct me if I'm wrong. He hasn't shown any signs of slowing down, even though he is 31 years old.
1: What do you think about what, four years, 25 mil, 100 mil? What do you think? Did he take that? I think
0: that's, I think I, I think that's completely okay, because I, I think that if he goes on the open market, well, not anymore. <laughs> and not anymore. He's going to get less on the open market. So right, I actually think right. that the, the cards are more so in the hands of the Mets than it is Jacob DeGrom, because of what you see with Manny Machado and Bryce Harper. Clearly, the market is not dictating – Getting that amount of money for a guy, especially a guy at the age of Jacob Degrom, when all these teams don't want to extend long-term contracts out anymore.
1: Yeah, let's see what let's see what your boy Jacob does this year. I think uh, if he continues to roll like he's doing, I think the Mets may have to throw him a little extra coin, keep him around. Because I think like him, Syndergaard, Wheeler. I mean, you're bringing back a pretty good lineup. You got the back end bullpen. Listen, everyone the Mets are talking about being a good squad. That's obviously a, a tough division, but. I think the Mets are headed in the right direction. So I think you got to, like you said, kind of extend. You have no problem extending them. I have, I can carry either way because I'm a Yankee fan. Just make yourselves happy, knock yourselves out, go play with yourselves, do what you got to do, Mets fans. Just let's, let's see what happens, Andrew. Let's, I, I say, you, don't, I say you, you do nothing because you, you don't owe them anything because you're under contract for two more years and you ride out with it.
0: We shall see. All right, listen. You want, I thought about it and I decided not to do it. I was gonna choose a spring training game for my first. What do you got, pick? There and go. I realized I just don't want to do that to anybody.
1: You don't. Know, you would not want to subject the group to that brutal. Listen, they're probably not watch watching anyway. Who cares?
0: Much like you're subjecting the group to a terrible thirty and thirty-seven record.
1: Oh my god! I thought I nailed it with the Calgary Flames. That, that went up in flames, huh?
0: <laughs> I see what you did there. See what I did last there. week, Mr. Rinaldi chose the Sharks versus the Flames. He chose defenseman Martin Giordano. The, he chose the Flames to win 3-1, to one, and I don't think it was that at all. And Mr. Giordano did not have an impact on the game. So, Mr. Rinaldi goes over to last week. Andrew chose a fantastic game. OKC versus Houston. He chose Paul George. Paul George had 45 points. Was twenty of twenty-two from the field, six of fourteen from beyond the arc, and five of eight, fifteen of eighteen from the free throw line. So I go two and zero to move to thirty-seven and thirty, Mister Rinaldi. What do you got to say about that?
1: I got to say I think you rigged the scoring chart. <laughs> uh, seven games under five hundred. I mean that is, folks. <laughs> just just take the opposite whenever I pick. I mean, easy money. So who do you want to go? You want to go first? Or you want me to go first?
0: Going off what we've been doing, I will go first because I won last week, right? So, right. I, am, I will go first in this weekend. What Do You Got. What do you got? So, I went with a real barn burner, Mr. Rinaldi. <laughs> I chose the NBA All-Star Game.
1: Let me guess, Team on, LeBron.
0: <laughs> on Sunday, February 17th. Are you bummed? That is going to be an 8 p.m. jump off at the Spectrum Center in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I am not choosing team lebron i'm choosing team giannis antetokounmpo and i'm picking giannis antetokounmpo to be the mvp because for some reason i have this crazy feeling that he's going to ball out in the all-star game because he really wants to win the mvp award so that's my what do you got pick this week <laughs>
1: wow i think I- <laughs> He narrows down between MLB, spring training, baseball, and the NBA all-star game. (laughs) What a a guy. See what happens, folks. When you host your podcast, you can do what you want.
0: That's why I wanted to bring you through the thrall process.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. That is (laughs) absolutely brutal. surprised you didn't take the over on that one.
0: I almost took Sunday at the Masters, you know, a few months from now, but I decided I'd wait until April. Mr. Rinaldi, what do you got?
1: What do you got? I got. Look, I got to go back to my bread and butter, baby. I got to go back to the ice. Say what? Uh, what? I just love. I'm, I just love punishment. I'm a glutton What's for wrong with right? you? I'm going ice because unlike you, who, who I, did, I did look at the All Star game, it was like no right minded individual wants to watch the NBA All Star game. So I was like, I'm not going to pick that. Knowing my partner was going to pick that like a knucklehead. <laughs> so let's go Saturday. A little Saturday. Little Saturday night fever. Little Nashville Predators. Versus Las Vegas Golden Knights. ooh, a, a, a potential playoff matchup. Both these teams jockeying for position. I want to say Nashville is, in, is, looking, is, is, is a little better. So maybe I think second place in the Central Division. Uh, the, the Vegas Knights, I think, are third or fourth. They're kind of lining the weeds. They're right there. But listen, I, I'm going with Nashville on this one. I got to rock the Predators. They were hot. They were kind of the talk of the town last year. Uh, I'm sorry. Vegas was the talk of the town last year, but they've kind of fallen off. They're still playing well, but they don't have that, that kind of hidden moxie of being a, a uh, expansion team anymore because you know everybody kind of knows who they are now. They know their style of play. So give me the Predators. Give me my boy. And if I butcher his name, I apologize because I don't know hockey. But give me my boy from Nashville, Victor Arvinson. Dude's been hurt for like 24 games, but he's got, almost got like 40 points. The dude's crushing it. He would be crushing it if he wasn't hurt all year. But he's going to come out swinging. And I got Nashville winning 3-1 to one again against the Las Vegas Golden Knights, Andrew. Give me two wow. points on this one. Give me two points. Wow.
0: All right. Nashville versus Golden Knights. All right. So, let's do this because I'm choosing the All-Star game. I'm going to say the score is 162 to 153. Well, team Cooper. And you're going to say the score of the Preds game is?
1: Could be three to one.
0: You love three to one. I don't get it.
1: (laughs) Neither do I.
0: Equals four. I don't know why you love three to one. All right. So, I like making predictions now because I made predictions last week. So, I'm making a prediction. 162 to 153, Team Giannis over Team LeBron. And that's a Sunday jump off 8 p.m. Mr. Rinaldi. You're taking the Predators versus the Las Vegas Golden Knights. You got Victor Abronson, and you have the Predators winning 3-1. to one.
1: I know my boy Alfred Hitchcock will be watching that game on his couch. He watched the last one. He was yeah, fired he, up. He, he, he cost me the game. It was his fault.
0: It was his fault. But, hey, listen, the only thing you can do, Anthony Rinaldi, is keep trying to give the people
1: something to watch. That's the least we could do. Hey, That's Andrew, the least a- we can do. How about I give the people something to listen to or get or or or, or look forward to listening to on the next Friday dab. We have special guest interview, good personal friend of mine, Sergeant Nick Christopoulos. He wants to dive into his own podcasting world and he kind of breaks down why he, why he wants to do what he is doing right now with his podcast. And again, that's the sergeant's secret battle. I suggest you check it out. Uh, It's definitely going to dive into a lot of issues currently that are involves A lot of people. And We can't wait to spread the word and help him get his word out. And he was a great uh, interview, Andrew.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. We had a lot of fun interviewing Sergeant Nick Christopoulos. And tune in Friday morning. It's a fantastic, it's a fantastic podcast. And then get over to Spotify. Get over to SoundCloud. While you're rating and reviewing the Dab podcast, go ahead and rate and review Sergeant Secret Battle and give Mister Christop- Sergeant Christopoulos excuse me, um, his due because he is talking about some serious stuff and diving into the mind of both military men and women transitioning to civilian life, as well as the regular civilian dealing with some mental toughness, mental struggling issues uh, that, ha- that face people on a daily basis.
1: Couldn't have said it any better myself, Andrew. Take me out of here. I got to go effing shovel. This snow is killing me. <laughs>
0: I am Andrew Romanella. That is Anthony Rinaldi. This is episode 55. We are the Dab Podcast. Tune in iTunes, Google, Hit us on the social media at Dab Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Hit us on the Gmail, Dab Podcast at gmail.com. Until Friday, we will talk to you soon.